Clovercrest Media proudly presents Divided We Stand. Divided We Proudly Stand. We're gonna have a little fun tonight. We're gonna talk about some terrible things. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. He would have dropped to his knees. You're fired. Starring Joe Aguirre and Brian Forster. Very fine people on both sides. I didn't come along and divide this country. I think it's a disgrace. I stand here ready to work with you. Let me talk quiet. And we will make America great again. Divided. We stand not as two parties, but as one nation. This past week, Joe Biden was in Iowa swinging for the fences. This claim of his really turned a few heads. I promise you, uh, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America is we're going to cure cancer. Predictably, Biden critics pounced on Sleepy Joe because, as we all know, candidates making aggressive promises to secure votes has never happened before. Never, never, ever happened. <laughs> Look, Biden, he's been talking about curing cancer for years. As vice president, he was tasked with the cancer moonshot. Curing cancer is hard to do. Yes. We do it not because it's easy, because it's hard. It's a moonshot. He spent years in Congress working to enact legislature to help with cancer research. So I'm wondering if he said, we're going to go cure cancer and Mexico will pay for it. You don't want everybody over. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> Judge Janine is good with it. You think it would have been more palatable if he had said it like that. Maybe if he talked about removing the windmills, maybe that would have gone over better. <laughs> you know, everyone has someone that they love who's been impacted by some form of cancer. Joe's son, Bo, died of brain cancer in 2015. I, I agree that his comments were overly simplistic, but it doesn't mean they should be discounted or treated as a punchline. No, I, I agree. And predictably, the president then struck his usual Trumpian tone when asked about Biden on the White House lawn. No, I'd rather run against, I think, Biden than anybody. Uh, I think he's the weakest mentally. But I think Joe is uh, a man who was, I call him 1% Joe, because until Obama came along, he didn't do very well. But I, look, look, but I don't bring him up. Yes, you do. All the time. Trump's strategy has always been kill or be killed. Yep. And there's no level to which he won't stoop. He should just he should just hire Charlie Sheen as his campaign manager. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> What's those Russian meetings look like? <laughs> Duh. Winning. Buckle up 2020, where the winning fatigue level will only be surpassed by the projected level of CO2. <laughs> Uh, Sarah Sanders, who has not briefed the press in 95 days, prepares the, to leave the job that she's not doing. She wants to be remembered for being transparent and honest. Seriously, that is actually what she said. She's still lying. Trump <laughs> tweeted, after three and a half years, our wonderful Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be leaving the White House at the end of the month and going home to the great state of Arkansas. She is a very special person with extraordinary talents who has done an incredible job. I hope she decides to run for governor of Arkansas. She would be fantastic. Sarah, thank you for job well done. Uh, Trump has every reason to be thankful since Sarah Sanders has probably been the most dishonest White House press secretary in uh, history. I don't know. Kellyanne Conway, there's a lot of them in there. Press secretary. Oh, okay. Excuse uh, me. Uh, this is job specific. Excuse me. Excuse job me. specific. 
when, when you're serving the most dishonest president in history, though, what, what did you expect? What was she going to be able to do? Uh, but what made her so valuable to Trump is the enthusiasm which in which she em- embraced whatever lie needed to be told. I will do it, Mr. President. Oh, she's Team Trump. Always has been. Been with him right since the beginning. You know what, what really gets me is, I mean, obviously her father, Mike Huckabee, y- you would think that guy would be the last person on earth to be Team Trump. They can read political polling, though. Yes. And that's that's what matters well, as far as they're concerned. Look, again, right, the, the idea that conservatism means anything in selecting a candidate or that there's some moral high ground that they that they as Christian conservatives wouldn't stoop to there there is no that's not a thing do you think Sarah Sanders will go back to the Red Hen restaurant or do you think uh, that ship has sailed wouldn't that be a success story if she got to finally enjoy nobody feels bad for Sarah Sanders she's talked about leaving and then yelled at people for talking about that she's leaving I mean it's you know don't let the door hit you on the way out as far as I'm concerned you know, it'll be nice if she actually holds a press briefing before the end of the month. That would be fantastic. All because the Jim Acosta has got questions. Yeah, I'm sure Jim has a million questions for you, Sarah Give Sanders. us one last good lie, Sarah. I'll tell you what did get me, though, is the amount of conservatives who have literally been like, we're really going to miss you. I'm just saying, just objectively speaking, this person doesn't tell the truth. Right. And we know this. Right. Because facts right because we see and how can hear. anybody uh, uh, short of being completely delusional say nice job sarah sanders she has to to her credit she has a very very tough job she's got to lie for the president because he lies all the time so it's 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 a no-win situation for her she talks about how much she's loved the job how much it's <laughs> how wonderful it's been i mean it's just easy she's just shooting layups now how soon before she ends up on Fox News with a show? Immediately. I would think. Like, she's done at the end of June, like July 4th, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders July 4th barbecue. That sounds about Coming right. Coming live from Arkansas. I don't know what other job she can do right now. Maybe other than governor of Arkansas. Oh, don't worry. She'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo pushed back against criticism of the Trump administration's immigration deal with Mexico, calling it a significant win for the U.S., He disputed reports that Mexico had already agreed to most of the provision months ago before last week's frenzied negotiations. Pompeo also repeated President Trump's claim that there's other undisclosed elements of the agreement, but he declined to provide any specifics. Because there aren't any. Didn't need to. Mexico's foreign secretary said there are no additional elements of the agreement. They released a copy of the deal. That's (laughs) correct. And there's nothing in it. It's more or less a deal to continue to talk towards reaching a deal. And it would be a good deal if they get there, mind you. It's like the Connecticut state budget. It's exactly like the Connecticut state budget. Meetings about meetings to have meetings on hearings. That's what we're doing. Here, Look, here's the thing. I'm I'm struggling for words because I want to say the right ones here. What Trump's president. You don't have to anymore. Yeah, fair. You're right. I just, don't. Just let it fly. Shoot from the hip. People I, love that. I liked Rex Tillerson because I thought he brought some level of class and integrity to the job. 
Now, mind you, he was Vladimir Putin's best buddy, so right. that was a little awkward. Right, but right. when you say class, <laughs> what are you talking about? Mike Pompeo was the head of the CIA. Yeah. So he saw saw all the evidence. Right. Right. And now he's the Secretary of State, which is a weird jump to make. Well, he's a politician. Yeah. So he's like, I could parlay this. He's very much a politician. I don't beef as much with Pompeo. He's got a really tough job to do. You're the diplomat. You're the biggest diplomat in the country. And you have to navigate these waters when Trump says, oh, I've got to deal with Mexico. You're a company guy. you got to produce that deal with Mexico. I know Trump people are going to say, I don't care what the rest of the world thinks. But again, this is one of those situations where our president looks looks like a giant horse's ass. Right. They don't care. No, but the, but you have to care at some point. America it's, first, Joe. Look at the way Russia and China are are teaming up and building a coalition of sorts. And there's a lot of other countries like North Korea and Syria and Iran, I'm sure that would love to join that group. Yeah. You're making more enemies. And and by being dishonest diplomatically. But people don't see it that way. Supporters of him don't see it that way. They see that as he's being tough. He's going to go down swinging. He's tough. That's what they voted for. There's no reason why the president has to be a complete moron that yeah. or 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 completely lying about everything he says because there's ways to verify that and it's just a bad look and it's not to anybody's benefit and it and it won't continue to be. But the caravan, oh my God. Is it getting closer? MS-13. You see like every day. Yeah. You know, Democrats are collusionists and love MS-13. Speaking of collusionist Democrats, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accused the president of an assault on the nation's democracy after he told ABC News he'd welcome foreign information on his 2020 opponent. An assault on our democracy, this president says it's a hoax. He supposed that he takes an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, uh, but I guess it doesn't include him to be held accountable to obey the law. Stunning. The the again the the level of how stupid this guy is. It, 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 this this blows George Bush out of the water. It's like, what have you been doing the last three years? You learned nothing for somebody who has a very smart brain. George Stephanopoulos doesn't throw many softballs. When he tosses you one, like, hey, Donald Trump. Are you going to listen to Russia in this election? The answer should be no. It was so easy. <laughs> Moving on. Tell the us about chocolate cake at Mar-a-Lago. The literally talked to George Stephanopoulos and said he probably would take to help. He called it opposition research. He says everybody does it, but they don't. Pelosi said the law prohibits a campaign from accepting an in-kind contribution from a foreign government, which would include that information. Pelosi said she will pursue a methodical approach on deciding whether to launch an impeachment inquiry. I guess when you've already gotten away with the crime once. It's double jeopardy. You see, you can do it again. (laughs) That's great. What is double jeopardy? That is fantastic. Once again, uh, you know, it, here's uh, I, it, it amazes me that the Democrats are just like standing on the sideline. The approach they seem to take is mostly via Twitter. Yeah. And it's mostly like, look what these guys are doing. Yeah. We got to vote them out in 2020. And it's like, yeah, but you're losing and you look bad doing it. Yeah. It's hard to rally around those people. You would think that the plan would change given the beating that you took to put them into office. You would think the plan would change, but there hasn't been a lot of indications that it has. 
Oh, my goodness. I, I can't believe this guy's going to win another election. I've been saying it. Yeah. I've been saying it for a long time. It started off kind of as a joke to kind of see if I could make some of my more liberal friends have their heads spin all the way around. Yeah. But now, like, I'm not laughing. Yeah. Now it's not a joke. Now it's an actual observational statement. But the thing is, like, I would have less issues with Trump if he would just, like, not take the bait. I mean, that's... What people love about him is is what I can't stand. Are you going to talk to Russia again? Uh, yeah, probably. No. Right. Just you're the worst. <laughs> Not only is he the worst, and and his entire staff is the worst. Draining the swamp, and and I still laugh every time I see some Trump supporter talking about him draining the swamp. He brought the swamp with him. Don't you understand this? He's a genius marketer. The Oversight and Reform Committee found Attorney General William Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt on a bipartisan 24-15 vote for defying subpoenas for documents about why a citizenship question was added to the 2020 census. We know why it was added. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Uh, the Judiciary Committee had already found Barr in contempt for defying a subpoena for the full report from Special Counsel Bob Mueller. Gary Kupak, uh, a Justice Department spokeswoman, said the committee's vote undermined the Democratic-led committee's credibility with the American people. Trump then asserted executive privilege to keep the documents under wraps. Uh, Rep. Jim Jordan says uh, the Democrats are moving urgently on the contempt vote because they want to influence the Supreme Court, which will be considering a case dealing with the census very soon. Uh, the Constitution calls for the census to count everyone in the country every decade. The administration's decision asks people whether their citizens in 2020 has been contentious because Democrats are concerned it could discourage participation. Why, if I'm illegal, am I going to write down that I'm not a citizen? I'm just asking for Trump to send ICE to my door. Well, but I don't have a, a necessarily an issue with asking someone if they're a citizen. It's then what happens with that information afterward. Well, so you're right. redrawing districts like you do as a result of the census. Let me gerrymander this a little bit more. Let me shave a little bit here. I mean, that's what right. the Republicans have done so well through 20, uh, 2010. They redrew a bunch of districts. I mean, whoever's in power redraws the districts. It's not just Republicans. It's not just Democrats. But when it comes to state legislature, been mostly the Republicans recently gerrymandering the districts. So you throw in a census question, you then see where that's going to go. It's going to go to more districts that aren't able to then flip that aren't that are more solidly republican and then you get uh abortion off the, off the off the off the ticket i mean unbelievable if then then this but still the, the republicans can't feel good about themselves they, i mean you, you can't I think they feel great about you, themselves no 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 listen you know how sometimes people pretend like they're like they're feeling good about themselves, like whenever Mitch McConnell speaks. But you know, deep down, they 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 feel differently. Like there's that gnawing thing in their stomach. They they know they're not doing the right thing. That's and a so lot they, of conjecture, though. They don't even get to enjoy what they're doing. That's a lot of conjecture. How am I to say how you really feel based on your you know if it contradicts your words? Because if you're a conservative, you should have some sort of feelings about the underhanded things that you're doing. Yeah. Yes, that's 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 what being a Christian conservative is about. It's about being a good person. Oh, I can't hear You're you failing. in your in your idealist bubble over there. You're hilarious. Oh, okay, cool. 
Divided We Stand is a Clovercrest Media Group podcast. We've got some excellent programming you might enjoy. You can check it all out at clovercrestmedia.com. This local news segment is powered by this CMG podcast. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Maxwell's Magic Hour. Strangle you with an XLR cable. I can do it. I got the nice one. I'm Christian. He is the yes man. He is the yes man. Great to f***. Great to f***. <laughs> She's a whole lot of whoa! <laughs> oh, and Maxwell's Magic Hour is so incredibly happy to be a part of CMG Podcast. Streaming everywhere. In response to Senate Republicans' criticism that the 2019 budget assumes $450 million in pension and health care savings from state employees that have not yet been negotiated, Governor Ned Lamont and his budget chief, Melissa McCaw, admitted that talks with labor leaders are just beginning. Oh, and this is totally typical. That's what they said. This is regular standards standards of practice. Yeah. Uh, because cited a letter from Dan Livingston, the chief negotiator, who said CBAC has indicated a willingness to consider win-win changes, including the pension funding proposal indicated in the budget. Wow, winning. So he, now what he's saying is, is they don't want to give anything up. It's right. got to be a win-win. Right. Not a, the state wins and we lose. He didn't say they're doing that. But we could spread it out over longer if you want to do that. Sure, let's keep kicking that can down the road. Winning. You starting to get the concept now? The pension savings included in the 2019 budget involves restructuring payments for the underfunded state employee pension debt. The change would save $266.7 million in pension payments over the biennium. The legislature already faced two special sessions to pass a bonding bill and possibly a tolling bill. The health care savings assumed in the 2019 budget amounts to an additional $190.8 million uh, over the next biennium and relies on savings from striking a deal with Connecticut's hospitals to only charge a certain amount for medical services and possibly purchasing pharmaceuticals from Canada, none of which right. has been negotiated yet. Right, right. So, th- th- look, this Seems is... Seems like a lot of stuff still up there. It's a lot of hypotheticals. Hey, we could really get this stuff done if we could only do this. Right. Impossible task. I mean, look, Donald Trump could get reelected if peace breaks out in the Middle East. Right. But negotiations well, haven't it. started yet. Jared's still working on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if you're just starting to sit down for lengthy negotiations, that that's not the same as something's almost done. And look, I think that there's blame to be going around on both sides here with Democrats and Republicans in the state. So you had Len Fasano, who was talking about how this 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 isn't an honest budget because it's not been negotiated. So shame on Democrats who voted for this budget to then be fooled once again by having it not all lined up. But. The Republicans didn't propose anything. How why? Do you... Why should they? Because you represent the people. No, they represent them, themselves and their party, and and that's where they're at now. So don't have any alternatives. I mean, you can't cry about not being allowed in the room and then have nothing to bring to the room. But to be fair, the last time they brought something to the room, it, it ended up passing anyway, and then the governor vetoed it. So I can Different understand governor. where. Oh, I understand that, but it makes you feel like at what point. Are you wasting your time? You have a job to do. You were elected to do that job. You know that the state needs a budget. So what is your plan? Bonding tolls, which I'm not for tolls, but you got to come up with something. 
There needs to be a plan. Sure. Now, last Sunday, it was announced that the state's largest employer, United Technologies and Raytheon Company, agreed to a massive merger. UTC's headquarters uh, are based currently in Farmington. They'll be moving to Massachusetts. Nearly 20,000 people work for UTC between Collins Aerospace and Pratt & Whitney. In a press release announcing the merger, both companies said the new company, Raytheon Technologies, will be headquartered in the greater Boston metro area. I think Waltham, Waltham, Mass. Is that where they're doing it? I believe so. Uh, Governor, Get a T-stop right there. Get you right into the city. Perfect. Uh, Governor Lamont l- released this statement. UTC and its subsidiaries, including Pratt & Whitney, Otis Elevator, and Kyle's Aerospace, continue to be an important part of Connecticut's fabric. It's important to note that nearly all of UTC's 19,000 employees will remain in Connecticut, with roughly 100 moving to the new headquarters uh, in Massachusetts, although I've heard that number is more like 200 mm-hmm. uh, from some inside sources. Uh, Senator Chris Murphy and Senator Blumenthal both, ex- both expressed concern about the merger, uh, talking about both the impact on the nation's security and on the state of Connecticut and uh, jobs, which are super important. So this this move gets politicized because people who say he's not good for business. Well, here's UTC, the biggest business in Connecticut, moving out. They're doing a lot to um, kind of paper over this a little bit, talking about how it's just the appeal of Boston. It's it's it has nothing to do with Connecticut. It was just wanting to to put their resources together with Raytheon, which they're going to do as defense contractors. United Technologies is is enormous. People don't realize exactly. You know, like I said, it's Pratt and Whitney. It's Otis Elevator. It's Sikorsky, it's Collins Airs. I mean, it's got so many arms, oh, yeah. and they're in so many different things. Having a hundred or two hundred, whatever that number is, because again, I don't have any confidence that Lamont knows what that number is. I mean, he says he does, but if it says it's one hundred, then that turns two hundred. I mean, there's just there's not a pattern of of telling the truth there. You're talking about just different resources in, in Boston. It's it's not good for Connecticut when UTC leaves. It's it's not good. It, it you can't spin it that it's a good thing. Well, the spin's going to be that it's not that's not necessarily that they're moving. Most of the jobs are actually staying. The companies are merging. The headquarters is what's moving out. Only a couple of the high level, high paying jobs are moving. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. It, I mean, like, but come on, like you hear it. That's what it is. No, I'm listen. I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm not for it. I find it interesting the Democratic governors praising the move and the Democratic senators are like, what the hell? Not well, good. Lamont had said, you know, he's going to keep a close eye on UTC and make sure they've got everything they need. And so far, so they're nope. heading, to, heading to Massachusetts. <laughs> not yeah. good. No, not good. Not a good. Regardless of what it is, given the nature of what's been happening in this state, another black eye. It's not good for Connecticut. I agree. It's definitely not good for Connecticut. Again, whatever the level of impact it has, if nothing else, it's it's a black eye and it's another black mark on Connecticut. Uh, meanwhile, five new conditions were accepted for treatment to the state's growing medical marijuana program at a recent Board of Physicians meeting. The conditions added for treatment under the program, which now has more than 33,000 patients. Here's what you need to know about these five conditions the one that they didn't add chronic pain they're very specific conditions so you would think 
that the medical marijuana program would cover chronic pain, but it's tough because is that because that would be abused by practitioners and that would then lead to basically legalization saying, oh, I'm in pain. I need weed. Subscribe me. Sorry. Cannabis. Is that because that's that's tougher to quantify if you have chronic pain? I suppose so. Look, here's the thing. This is so ridiculous. The only people who are against the legalization of marijuana are, are like pharmaceutical lobbyists. Well, yes, those people. And I'm sure they all smoke pot. That's the worst part. Here's the thing, though. Legalizing marijuana, the people who want to do it are, are either pharmaceutical reps or they're people who don't know what that means. Right. They Those saw are... a copy of Reefer Madness yeah. in, in grade school, and now they're like, oh, my God, the horror. The boon to Colorado and Massachusetts by legalizing marijuana, it just it, it really goes to show that. It, and and, and I, I would say a big part of the of the problem with the Republican Party in general is just lack of information, especially where it pertains to scientific, factual information in general if they read science books like they read the bible my goodness that would solve like 80 percent of our problems the characters aren't as compelling no isaac isaac newton is (laughs) isaac newton has nothing on isaac and jacob that is for sure (laughs) now uh for the past two years lawmakers have directed more than 100 million dollars earmarked for energy efficiency upgrades to instead be swept into the state's general fund. Of course. It's a big problem in this state. I I laugh when people say, oh, get your hand out of my pocket, Democrats. It's like, here's a perfect example. Last week's budget agreement got rid of those sweeping funds, but it was unable to reverse a more than $50 million diversion scheduled for this July. Right now, if you're a typical electric customer, you pay a small fee every month on your bill. That money's supposed to fund efficiency work, providing discounts to rate payers for home energy audits or winterization services that can lower power demand and in turn drive down utility costs in a state with one of the highest electrical rates in the country. So if I'm hearing that right, there's money that was supposed to be going towards the infrastructure that is not where where have we heard that again? I know. Oh, my gosh. They're doing it again. There's just something with this state. Uh, lawmakers authorized sweeping $117 million out of the taxpayer dollars into the general fund. A total of $63.5 million was rated last year. An additional $53.5 million of, of ratepayer money is set to be diverted into the state's general fund in a couple of weeks. And there's nothing they can do to stop it. But this is like it's just a joke. It really is just there is money in Connecticut. There always has been money in Connecticut. Yeah. Where is it going? Can we get some transparency? There's always money in the banana stand. Always. And we will never have transparency in this state. And the Democrats have been in charge of the legislature for so long that it's hard not to put a lot of this on their plate. That that it's it's hard not to somebody's got to own it. Now we've had enough Republican governors uh, when it comes to the teacher pensions who have kicked the can down the road. And sure. again, the more we've done that and underfunded things, that's why we're having all the problems that we're having. Is we we just keep there's no magic it fix. Off. I mean, there's no magic fix to this. But if we can just rein in spending and 
the money that's collected, have it go towards what it's being collected for, then that'd be a good start. It would be a great start. They keep saying they're going to do stuff like right, that. Right. Trust us. Right. Right. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Just All don't right. look at the details or the fine yeah. print. Oh, my God. Right. Divided We Stand is a Clovercrest Media Group podcast. There's some really great programming that you could check out for yourself at clovercrestmedia.com. Our big finish is powered by this CMG podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to United States. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. your mind and i just don't think you quite understand how baseball works streaming everywhere so a federal watchdog agency has recommended kellyanne conway senior aide to president donald trump be removed from office after repeatedly violating a federal law that prohibits political speech in her official capacity uh conway is a repeat offender of the hatch act for disparaging Democratic presidential candidates in a couple of interviews back in 2017 when she was campaigning uh, for the Alabama senatorial candidate. Everybody remembers that guy. (laughs) Riding in on his horse. The report described her offenses as egregious, notorious, and ongoing. You'll also remember uh, the whole controversy with Ivanka Trump's brand. Sure. Which she did that infomercial for uh, Ivanka's products. Another violation of the Hatch Act. You know, it, well, people it, the, don't talk about how the president's still running the Trump organization. That that is fine. No, right? Like right. here's it, it starts from the top. This is this all goes back to the I'm Steve sorry, Eric is running the Trump organization. Excuse sure me. Sure he is. This all goes back to Steve Bannon's chaos. This is what the plan was. If you're just breaking every law under the sun, they can't arrest everybody. The fact that I mean, this is a story with Kellyanne Conway is just put it in like the duh department. Okay, great. The special counsel said that they've never before found repeated violations by the same person to this degree. Well, they probably haven't gone on television basically every single day and incriminated themselves. Now, my favorite part is the White House is attacking the special counsel's office. And this is different than the Bob Mueller special counsel. Different, the the guy that's in counsel. charge of this special counsel was appointed by President Trump. Correct. Okay. See yes. what you did there. See what I did there? That's right. Yes. She's breaking the law constantly. What is the law? There is no regard. Well, right. what is the law? Right. And why should we follow it? Right. She's on television saying disparaging things about political opponents, which is against the law. Have some love for the Hatch Act. They just don't care. I don't I, I mean, right? What what are you to do with that? The Democrats just sit by the wayside. They're like, look at them now. And you're like, yes, they're winning. It's obviously, is the result of bias in the Justice Department. <laughs> There's bias everywhere. That's right. No more bias, though, than in Missouri. Ugh. Black drivers, according to a report from the Missouri Attorney General's office, black drivers are 91% more likely than whites to be pulled over by the police. 91%? DWB. Isn't that insane? Uh, the disparity is the highest in 19 years. I mean, can, it can't even get... How much higher could it get? It's about 9%. Right? 
Uh, this is that's unbelievable. African Americans compose 10.9 percent of Missouri's driving age population, but 19.2 percent of all vehicle stops in 2018. The report examined 1.5 million vehicle stops from almost 600 law enforcement agencies in the state. Hispanics, Asians, Native Americans, and whites were stopped at rates well below their portion of the driving age population. Just saying it's out of whack. This is one of those times where percentages are important. So I know conservatives like to play games with percentages. This is important. Well, I took st- I took uh, statistics. You can have them say whatever you want. Of course you can. Now look, the the disproportionate rate that people in Missouri of color are being pulled over at is almost that's almost laughable right there. That that's like a joke. 91% more likely? Are you kidding me? I mean, they're they're literally just pulling black people over because they're black. It might be a joke, but probably only on the blue-collar comedy tour. <laughs> oh, good Lord, yes. Um, you might be a redneck. Anybody... If you think that's funny. <laughs> anybody who thinks... And I've talked to conservatives who think black people in this country have it easy. Yeah, I'll say that again if you'd like me to. Oh. I don't know. I know that conservatives I don't know like is the right word. Believe that black people have it easy in this country, and that racism is over. Correct. Right. Because of Obama. Look at this kind of nonsense. I mean, come on. And and the argument's going to be stop committing all the crimes. Look at the prison statistics before you make your racist comments. Is all I'll say. Well, that involves it's not accurate. That involves reading. So yeah, it's not likely. Unless they put it up on Breitbart, you're not going to see it. I don't think Breitbart's going to put that up, do you? Do you? It's not good. They'll tweak the stats. I I think they will praise that headline. Law enforcement's got it on lockdown in Missouri will be their headline. Oh, something about Hillary. I'll tell you what. uh, Possibly the craziest story to come out recently has been this thing with former Boston Red Sox, David Ortiz. There are six suspects in custody. This is the crazy part. (laughs) There was a... a group of criminals who were given 400,000 Dominican pesos. It's like 12 bucks. Yeah, it's about $7,800. So, yeah, like $12. Yeah. Pretty much, though, right? Like Once you split it six ways. Yes. Uh, these guys were paid basically peanuts to shoot David Ortiz, who is a – he is the Babe Ruth of the Dominican Republic. When you talk about all that he's done for the country, you know, philanthropy-wise, but – you have a country that's impoverished. You have, you know, desperate people do desperate things. It's a horrible story. I'm glad that it looks like he's going to be okay. Well, they the Red Sox flew their team plane down there to pick him up and bring him back down to Boston. Here's the back thing. Up to Boston. The rumor goes that Mr. Ortiz mm-hmm. was having an affair sure. with the girlfriend of a drug lord. Yeah, no, I, no I, I I know that. Oh, and you're it. like, oh, I feel pretty good about that. Well, uh, I don't think you should get shot. No. Mr. Ortiz's wife, Tiffany, said in a statement, Ortiz was making good progress towards recovery at Massachusetts General Hospital. I imagine Tiffany's going to have some things to say to David uh, once he's up and around, whenever that might be. But Did you see where he did a video message for the uh, TD Garden for Game 7 of the NHL playoffs with with the Bruins. Are you serious? Yeah. Bruins got stomped, which was surprising because you think a video message from Poppy 
from his hospital bed. That place was going nuts. Yeah, I don't know. How much pull does David Ortiz have over hockey? A lot. The city of Boston. Hockey, they're, though? They're still... They're st- hockey. <laughs> they're still Red Sox fans. I, are they? Yeah. That's hockey. Yeah, I'll just say. I just don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we wish David Ortiz a speedy recovery, and I look Not forward making light of the situation, to more of the details coming out of that story. There's, because there's more, for sure. Yeah. I can't wait to... I can't wait to hear all this thing. All I could think is uh, when Tiger Woods' wife found out what he was up to. Turns out it wasn't just uh, sleeping pills and being <laughs> a bad driver. <laughs> I think there's more to the story, and, and I'm really hoping that we get the full the full Monty. Uh, Clovercrestmediagroup.com, Divided We Stand. You could check out uh, all of our previous episodes and get so much more. Engage with us on Facebook. We had a lot of fun this week on Facebook. I like to get interactive with the listeners. That's an understatement. That is definitely an understatement. But bring Joe, it on. Joe's got time for anyone. I will make time for you. But listen, I prefer you you bring facts to the table. If you don't, though, it's going to be a lot of insults fast, and <laughs> it's going to hurt your feelings. Yeah, I've you, seen it. You could also tweet at us at DWS News Podcast. We're not beholden to any big media corporations. We can kind of do our thing. That's correct. That's exactly <laughs> correct. So I say, no deep state here. Bring it on. For Brian Forrester, I'm Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Divided We Stand. Mm-hmm.